Voice of Fintech. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech Africa series. I'm Rudy Fala, the founder of Voice of Fintech podcast. In this series, you will hear inspirational stories of entrepreneurs, investors, incumbents, and ecosystem hub leaders from Africa. And this episode is hosted by Stacy. Welcome to Voice of Fintech. I'm Stacey Jafter, and today I'll be chatting with Matsi Madisa, non-executive chairman of Inclusion, and Timothy Nui, founder and CEO of Inclusion. Hello, welcome to both of you. Hey, hey, Stacey. So excited. Hi, Stacey. Thank you for having us. Guys, this is the first podcast I've done with two guests. I'm so excited. I'm also curious to know how this is going to go. So let's just dive right in. I would love to hear your career journey and ultimately how both of you joined and built Finclusion. Tim, I think it would be great for you to start. Sure. So I started off you know, just over a decade ago with ADC African Development Corporation, which was a, a German listed you know, company buying banks in Africa. And we ultimately sold that to, to Atlas Mara, Bob Diamond's business in, in 2014. And from there on, I did a number of other things in the microfinance space, in the financial services space. But throughout that journey, I realized that there is a continued lack of, of access to credit in the African continent. And it's difficult to actually accurately score and provide financial services to, to African individuals yeah. on the continent due to a lack of data. So 2018, we started a you know, B2B business where we focused on credit scoring, risk management within the Finclusion Group and really tried to address that problem with data science. I think I, we, I, we went that journey and we realized the biggest challenge was we needed to work with, with other third parties to get access to clients. It was hampering our growth. So in 2019, we, we brought on board a number of microfinance entities and we started doing lending and insurance ourselves in, in Kenya, South Africa, Swaziland. And from there, the group has grown and grown. We bought, brought all the products on board. We just closed a $20 million funding round with Lendable. And Congratulations. That's huge. It's thank you very much. We're very excited to put that to work. And I think with that, I think quite early on in the journey, I realized that it's incredibly important to have local knowledge on board and have the right people in each market. And I'd known Matsi yeah. from the World Economic Forum where she was a global shaper. And, and we attended, you know, I think an event together in, in 2014 in Abuja. So I reconnected and, and discussed with her how she could, how, yeah, whether or not she'd be interested in coming on board and, and joining us on the journey. I'm the chairperson of Inclusion Group, and it is just amazing being part of, uh, well, for me to join the team because we know that technology is an enabler. Technology creates scale. So being part of a team, a dynamic team, a global team that's trying to empower financial inclusion on the continent, take advantage of the continental development plans was quite exciting. And then a little bit about myself is that I am formerly an investment banker, so I can relate a little bit to Tim's journey. And then a few years, well, 10 years ago, I decided that 
I'm going to be an entrepreneur, had no idea what it is that I'm going to do. But then I just started seeking my purpose and my passion. And I realized that I'm quite passionate about small business development. Um, then I started two social enterprises, one being the South African Black Entrepreneurs Forum, which is how do we provide opportunities um, for entrepreneurs in township, rural, peri-urban areas. And then I got involved in another social enterprise, Simodisa, a few years later. And in essence, it's about policy reform. It's about how do we create an enabling environment for entrepreneurship to thrive um, in South Africa? How do we ensure that we fix the policy environment, engage the various stakeholders? So that's something that I'm still involved in. We're currently working on getting a Startup Act for South Africa, which is one of the policy interventions we're doing. And then in 2017, I started Furaha Africa Holdings. Well, I registered the company in 2013. But in essence, in 2018, we had an opportunity to uh, partner with a listed company. Um, and our focus is skills training, edutech. And in essence, that's a company that I've been building over the past couple of years. It's quite a successful company in the sense that we've got great uh, clients, blue chip clients, um, that we create skills, um, skills development solutions for them. So yeah, and then a few, a year and a half ago, Tim and I have known each other for a long time. And he said, Matsi, I want to build a fintech company and I'd love for you to be part of that journey with your experience sitting on boards and with your experience starting your own company, being an entrepreneur yourself and the networks that you have, we think that you'd be a great fit for it. So I was up for the task because I did believe in what Finclusion is trying to achieve. Um, and also just being a minority shareholder, that also did give me a great incentive that I am part of the growth. I'm not just coming on board as a chairperson. I also have skin in the game. Where my conclusion journey started, and it's been phenomenal. Tim just told you now, we've been able to you know, secure a significant raise, which is going to be good for um, you know, our company. It's going to be good for the continental expansion as well. Talking about expansion over time, you've recently brought on payroll added services. What does the process look like when adding a new product to Finclusion? So I think it, 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 it comes with a lot of prototyping. It comes with, with, with a lot of piloting, discussions. But ultimately, I think what we realized is that there isn't just an access to, to credit or lack of access to credit and financial services for those that are, are in the informal sector. But even millennials, people with their first job, it's extremely difficult to get access to attractive financial solutions. And it's hard in Africa to to distribute. But by basically making it part of the employee experience and providing employers a service where, you know, together with payslips, they can also then offer wage streaming, long-term lending, insurance products to those employees, it naturally starts bringing financial services in in the lives of, of broad groups of people. And I think we realize that to make it easier for employers to effectively provide all those value-added services, it was extremely critical to also cover the basis because ultimately as an employer, you want to focus on your core business and all of the side issues you wanted to be taken care of in, in the simplest manner possible. And I think we realized that we weren't covering all bases previously. But in general, we have an R&D team, we look at solutions, we test them, we go through a board process to approve those, amend those. We are regulated when it comes to our insurance offering. We're regulated when it comes to the loan offerings. There we have to make sure that the regulatory compliance is in place. 
So it's a it's it's a lengthy process, but I think we we do our best to make it as quick as possible. We have some other products in the pipeline that we haven't been able to to launch yet because we just have to go through that process. And particularly when it comes yeah. to bringing on new insurance products, we're we're sometimes taking longer than we'd like. But for us, the next step is is really building on that insurance offering, looking at how we bring a medical aid to play and mm. and add insurance to payroll and lending for the employers. How do you know it's the right product to add for the conclusion group? I think it's it's always difficult. I think for us the key thing is 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 trial go out with MVP minimum viable product and and try and if it works if it works reinvest if it doesn't work amend it. And that for us has 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 worked so far. We've had products that that we've launched that we weren't entirely happy with. And we've either discontinued them or, or tweaked them and gone right. I think it's also really looking at things from a customer perspective, doing customer questionnaires and then trying to find out what is missing in the market and, and what are products that, that we would consume. But the most important part is, is trying because ultimately, if you don't try, you'll, you'll never succeed. Yeah, customer satisfaction is insanely important, especially when you're launching a new product. How do you ensure this when there is no face-to-face interaction? Without face-to-face interaction, we have to look at uh, digital questionnaires. We survey, we check in with customers, we do random sampling. So we use a variety of sort of online tools to basically measure that. We try to have an active social media presence, use our social channels to to get in touch with with customers. And we have a a team of of reps and and agents that effectively regularly interacts with all our employer partners to basically discuss with them what's working, what are frustrations and what we can do to address them. I think without the the day-to-day physical interaction, it's even more important to effectively you know, be continuously engaged and continuously building this out. Tim, you're from Holland and decided having a local partner was, was vital for conclusion. How did you come to this conclusion and eventually choose Matsi to join your team on this journey? But throughout my, my experience on the continent, I've always realized that people that have, have lived here, grown up here, gone to school, studied, build a working career, have, have far deeper and wider networks than, than we could build up by ourselves. And I think partnering with, with the right individuals is extremely critical to actually be successful in the markets. I've seen it in the past. We've always worked like that. So when, when starting Finclusion, I once again wanted to, to follow that approach. And I think with, with what Finclusion stands for, which is also making an impact in the world, enhancing access to financial services, but also building a, you know, a fully tech-enabled business, I was looking for someone that was hungry, young, motivated, and really in the middle of the startup and, and technology scene. So Matsi was, was a natural person to, to approach because I previously engaged with her and I think I knew she had the right business ethics, the right integrity, as well as the, the right drive and network. Yeah. And I think that that together made me approach Matsi and say, look, Matsi, are you you're happy to come on board? And I guess in, in this specific case, I was I was lucky that, that Matsi was also keen to join. So we had a we didn't have to run multiple iterations. We found the structure for her to join. And I'm super excited with the contribution she's made. And I think she's been you know, very instrumental in, in helping us maneuver the South African market and then get in touch with the right people and then figure out where to product innovate and, and who to partner with. Matsi, what made you feel that this was the right project to be a part of? So they always say you should always bet on the jockey. So I think for me, 
it was an, it's a it was a no-brainer. Tim is, a, is he's one of the smartest people that I know. Very passionate about the continent. Somebody who is also quite a shrewd business person. Very knowledgeable about the industry. And also having known him over the years, it was a natural um, thing for me to want to be part of. And I also know that we can leverage each other's strengths because I'm quite out there. Very shy, <laughs> reserved. It's a great combination for us to have um, a team. And so I knew that this is somebody that I, I would work well with because he's an easy person to work with. And also, yeah. I don't doubt his intentions and motivations for wanting to build this big Pan-African fintech company. Tim mentioned your great network and how you've been able to open many doors for inclusion. What advice do you have for those trying to grow their network? I think it's important to be clear on what value you bring to the table, right? So that people can easily identify you. And then also being authentic. People, When people respect you in business because they know you're an authentic entrepreneur, authentic business person, what you bring to the table is great clarity. It's, I'm not a dodgy person. So it's easy for people to want to align myself and also just being passionate about something. When people meet me for the first time, they always say, your energy is amazing. So regardless of what I'm selling, that. they'll probably want to subscribe to whatever it is that I'm selling or I'm drinking or I'm part of. So you have to do things with enthusiasm and people should want to be part of that winning team. Well, let's talk about day one. What if somebody very young, early in their career, wanting to build the network, wanting to build that authority in the market, where do they start? You have to also upskill yourself. You know, you have to be known for something. So it's important that you invest the time, you invest um, the efforts into just crafting your skill. Because you have to bring something to the table. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that you actually don't know what they can, what, what can you do? If I had to ask you, what are you? What can you do? So you can say, I'm an accountant because you've gone through the whole educational system and you qualified as an accountant. And then if you want to go, because I qualified, I, did, I had a commerce degree, but the things that I'm doing now, I did not actually practice. I did not yeah. study. So I think you also have to be open to pursuing your passion and following that because then that'll lead you to the doors and the avenues that you'll be able to unlock. So with the skills training, I didn't study HR in university. However, mm -hmm. it's now, it's an industry that I knew at any point in time, you have to be upskilling, reskilling and skilling somebody or a company or a nation or a continent. Yeah. So there are great opportunities there. So I think you also have to look at what are the strategic areas of growth? What are the strategic areas that are booming on the continent? And fintech is definitely on the rise because Africa is known for fintech and being very yeah. dynamic in producing uh, fintech solutions. Yeah, I think for me, have a base, right? So I, I have a commercial base. So I know what a contract is. I know how to, what to look out for. I have a sense of numbers. But then I was also open enough to go outside of what I studied and explore things that I'm passionate about and things that are actually presenting opportunities. Mm. Yeah, and, and you're on multiple boards. I'm, I'm sure you've learned an immense amount through this. Has this experience altered how you help run businesses? 100%. I think also one of my biggest value add to inclusion, the group is my governance experience. I have a sense of what is good governance and I have a sense of what is poor governance. And I must say, having sat on some boards, especially public sector boards, that's where I learned the most about governance because as a country, we, we struggle a lot with running our country. So sitting on some of the agencies, I, I knew what not to do. I now know what to look out for. And it, it has enabled me. So smooth sailing, 
boards are not necessarily the ones where you're going to learn the best or the most. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I'm able to bring that to the table because it's now 10 years plus of sitting on various boards locally. One of them being a, an international logistics company, one of the big ones. I sit on the regional board. So that also brought that international exposure and ex- international experience. For someone who's interested in sitting on multiple boards, how would you recommend they achieve that goal? Well, ring, uh, read the, King, uh, <laughs> the King's report because that is in essence a Bible for governance in South Africa. But then also sign up to organizations like the Institutes of Directors because mm-hmm. they actually have, they, they have skills training programs that would enable you to actually learn about governance. And yeah. then also network well, because a lot of the boards that I sit on, I hardly, I've always been recommended. I've never had to. They would like for me, because I started doing this when I was 25 years old. The first board that I sat on was a localized wow. uh, board. And I knew nothing, but I also told myself that I have a lot to bring because my thinking is what they want to tap in, not necessarily my board experience. Mm, And how else am I going to learn if I don't put myself out there and say, no, I don't have the experience. So I never said no. I put my hand up and I said, sure. And I knew that I'm going to learn as I go. And yeah, it's, it's been great because now I can go for bigger boards and I bring a lot of experience. I love that. Um, and the final question I have for you, for some, this is a sensitive topic. Many hear about lending products in Africa and there's this negative reaction. How do you respond to this? Well, one thing that I always make clear is that we are a highly regulated industry. If anybody wants to know, we can give them our license number if they really want to know. And they can go do their, their own due diligence around do we actually exist. So I think the responsibility is more on the consumers and what they're consuming and from who they're consuming it from. Uh, it's like me going into a Woolworths. Sure, I know that most of the time the things will be fresh. They wouldn't have expired. But I've also had encounters where they have expired. So every time I buy something from Woolworths, I always check the expiry date. I don't care if it's yeah. Woolworths. So what I'm saying is that if people are going to say, oh, you guys are a mashonesa, because that's actually the word that they use here in South Africa uh, mm. for loan sharks. And they call them mashonesas. It's like, well, we are a highly regulated industry. We do have a license to trade in this industry. And if you are curious, you can go onto our website and we always make it clear that here, here are our credentials. So yeah, that's basically what I would say. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much for being on the podcast. Matsi, where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Well, I am quite active on Instagram. I, I think, and I live in pictures. So if you want to go, I'm going to go follow you. I'll I'll follow you you. back. I'll follow you back. So it's (laughs) Miss Matsi on Instagram. Miss with a double S, -S M-I-S-S, Matsi. That's where everybody can catch me. And I'm very, very um, engaging on those platforms. Fantastic. Timothy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Where's the best place for listeners to reach you? Probably LinkedIn. It's the the only social platform I directly actively use myself. Awesome. Well, thanks again, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at voiceoffintech.com. Happy to hear from you.